Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Hey, yo. It is Tuesday, August 29th. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Stefania Bell and Fields Yates. Guys, I got to do the show all by myself yesterday. That show was presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. Today's show was presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. How were you guys? <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was great because I didn't have to deal with you guys. And Liz is always really nice to me. She right. makes me feel good about myself. But yeah. I didn't get to see you guys. And I love seeing your faces, too. Stefania, what were you doing yesterday? Why didn't you want to come in and hang out with us? What was I doing yesterday? Went back to my boxing class. Oh, you were boxing. Okay. All right. Stefania well, was taking out the frustration <laughs> that she has in general towards you on a bag uh, instead. Yes. That yes. is how I'm approaching getting ready for the season by punching things. Okay. Hey, you know what? It might work as it's long as it's a bag. It's better than me hitting you. Exactly. I, so I went, I went, I hit bags. Okay. I did things like that. That's fair. That sit-ups, all the, you know, it's like going back in the way back machine when you would have training for like track and you'd run so hard you felt like you were going to get sick. That was Never done yesterday. that. Nope. Yeah. Um, I was getting traded by the Cardinals yesterday. <laughs> yes, just like everybody else. Uh, no, I was, uh, we'll find out in a week. I'll let you guys know in a week. It'll make more sense at oh, that time. Uh, this right. is not like, yeah, hey, I'm not trying to uh, be coy, but I am being coy right now. Yeah, so, sounds uh, like, yeah. yeah, it'll make more sense seven days uh, from right Seven now. days from now. Yeah. All right. So, Vanya's well, looking at me like, holy crap, what did you do? Did we I not know. talk about I this? really want to know, too. Know. No, we'll talk about it after after the show. Okay. Yeah. There's not, nothing like, don't you okay. hate it when people drop some hint? Like, Oof. I got this really great bit of news. Okay, fine. But I'm not going to tell you. Do you guys want to know the answer? Yes. I, I kind of do. But are we allowed? Is this going to like give away something that we shouldn't do? I have, albeit brief, only like 37 minutes, a 37-minute cameo in the new Avengers movie. No, and I shot it yesterday. Yes. Well, that's incredible. <laughs> it's about to be the highest grossing movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yesterday, I got flown to uh, to Dublin. Ireland for it. Yeah, yeah so just that's, real quick. That I wasn't so supposed cool. to say anything out loud, but yeah. the cat's out of the bag now. Oh, It'll make more sense. You and Robert Downey Jr. are besties now. Yeah, I mean, okay. well, he's playing that's in fair. our league with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, uh, I wish it were that, but I don't have the cat in the bag with us. In a different life. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. We got a very yeah. little bit of news, not a ton, not a lot happened yesterday. And then we're going to dive into league winners, guys yeah. that we think you could leave drafts important with. Stuff here. Yeah, important some stuff. really good ones heading into very important draft weekends. We've already started doing our drafts, but we got a lot more oh, yeah. coming up over the yeah, next little we bit. Do. Here. My life uh, over the next seven days, oh. if not for the fact that I had two kids that were young and I normally go to bed early, like people, like what, what, what kind of loser are you? You don't do anything, any, like every night for the next nine days. I have a fantasy draft. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's I how it works. You want to hang out over Labor Day weekend? I'm like, well, <laughs> depends. You know, I got to take George Pickens in the fifth round at some shout point out, in one of my drafts. So, yeah. Shout out to all the relationships that were going strong before fantasy season <laughs> right, started. Just right, know that right. in five or six months, you'll have your person back and it's going to be great. Hopefully they have a trophy to show for it. You know, yeah. that's what it's all about. Listen, all right. We have a, a fan of the show who is an expectant father. Yeah. Yep. And, and, uh, and, there is a serious question about whether there will be draft picks happening when uh, when labor when labor comes along. Yeah, how and, do you and, do and, that? And he's wondering how to handle it. He's sort of given a window where he promises to wow. put down the phone. You know what? I think <laughs> That's we, a legit dilemma right there. I, I mean, not actually, right? Tom, like Thomas, you know, I'm talking to you. All right, so Thomas, like, it's not a dilemma insofar as like what the right thing for Thomas is to do. Like, you you sit there, oh, no. you provide that support for well your wife, exactly. and, you, yes. and you, yes. you make that very clear. Yeah. But like for the league. 
Like labor can last a long time. Yes. We were fortunate in both cases of our children being born. We're like, we were in and out. Or sorry, we. First of all, first me. Yeah. I, I didn't all do right. a damn thing. All right. I just sat there and like, watched TikToks. Right all right. So let me be very clear about that. Yes. Chapin, the proverbial way. Yeah. Got it. Chapin, who's tougher than certainly yeah. me and most yeah. every person I know. And a better like, athlete. At this point, that's like so far established. I don't even need to remind people of it. But like she was a fairly efficient, it was fairly efficient labor in both cases. We've got plenty of friends, though, that it's like got in the hospital Friday morning. That baby came out on like Sunday at like noon. So 72 hours from mom and dad. Okay. Wow. She is a legend for that. So I think you have to, you know what? I think the league mates need to step up. And maybe this is the sap in me talking, but step up and be patient for Thomas. That's yeah. right. This is the most important. Does he have children yet? Besides, no, okay, no, this, this would be the, the most first, important first day of his life and his and wife's life as well. Becca. He needs Thomas to have the ability to have unbridled support for his wife. So the rest of the league, do the draft now. If the is is, is they're not in the hospital yet, are they? No. Okay, but, well, either uh, move been, it up before labor is expected, <laughs> or if he texts you guys, you know, an hour before the draft, I'm in the hospital. Wait, do the right thing. And on top of doing the right thing, if Thomas comes in last place, the fantasy loser punishment is the league gets to name the baby. I think that's only fair, too. Like, you know, yes, Guys. except for the fact that that would be a long time yeah, for the baby to not have a name. the baby in between? The baby. The baby. The baby. Can you just call it the baby? Yeah. You know baby? what I mean? It's like cute babies are cute. All right, let's keep. Let's move on. We'll talk about some football. Okay. People want to hear about some football. No, we have a little bit of a little bit more administrative news, and then yep. we're getting right to the football. Oh, you're right. Prize. We okay. do. So, Field Yates. Super, super dope. All right, you guys know if you've been listening recently, we have opened up a veterans league. People uh, submitted an application with a little bit about themselves and the service that uh, he or she performed for this country, either an active duty or uh, past duty, which we cannot thank them enough for. The numbers are overwhelming ridiculous amount of people in a great way yep. sent us an application. We were so fired up and we realized we're just four of us, right? With Mike included, there's only so many people that we can have be a part of a veterans league. Rewind to this past weekend, Brian Marshall, Dan Bohm, each teammates of ours here at ESPN, part of the games group, they reach out and they say, Hey, I think we can get every person that applied into the veterans league. What? I said, there's no way. I said, maybe for next year. They said, I think for this year. So they are much smarter than I am. No Duh. surprise there. They are also incredibly diligent. Dan Bohm has poured his weekend into making this a reality. If you applied and we had to go by a certain date, by a certain date, you are going to get an email at some point this week from somebody at ESPN, somebody on the ESPN fantasy roster that you read or listen to or watch on TV, somebody that works here at ESPN, as we are going to have 25 veteran leagues they're going to, at the end of the season, be whittled down, almost like a tournament style. Shut 25 up. veterans leagues. It's going to be incredible. Hundreds upon hundreds of veterans are now going to be in this veterans league. So Some awesome. of them have already been set up. But uh, if you have not yet heard from somebody at ESPN, keep an eye out for an email and be ready to draft. It is absolutely incredible that these people were able to pull this together. And the support was overwhelming. So oh, this man. is super dope that we're going to get so many people, literally hundreds of veterans, all playing in what will eventually become one league. It's 25 so leagues brought down to one by the end of the season. I love it. I love it. It's cool. We, it's like uh, you guys have heard us reference the Scott Fishbowl before mm -hmm. on yep. the show. It's like a mini Scott Fishbowl. So uh, we are extremely excited about this. And uh, please, if you submitted an application, make sure you continue to check your email as you may receive something as soon as today, but certainly over the next couple of days as we are now just nine days away from the football yes. season, fired up for this new, <clears throat> expanded, incredible 
massive Veterans League. This is so exciting. We've never done anything so like fun. this before. Obviously, Fishbowl is the only thing that we've done like this, but we've never done it on our own. And so I'm really excited to see how this comes together. It's going to be great. And, and what we're going to do said. is, and what we're going to do is for the playoffs, the top three teams Playoff. from each league are going to. You're gonna, this is all going to be in the email, by the way. It's going to be the top three teams from each of the 25 leagues will be basically be thrown into a big tournament style for three weeks. And highest score wins the league. Uh, yet to be determined what that person's prize will be. It's possible they'll replace me on the podcast. That's one of the names, one of the ideas that's been thrown around. Um, so, yeah, I know. Uh, no. <laughs> you lock it up. But, yes, uh, it's going to be great. So, uh, thank you to Dan Bohm, Brian Marshall, the entire games group, uh, and Meg Bergoon for soliciting a bunch of people at ESPN that can – uh, B service commissioners and also a big part of this. So uh, 25 leagues, there will be Dude. one winner that emerges from those 25 leagues. Speaking of those winners from leagues, if you want to get a draft board because you are drafting, check out our friends at trophysmack.com. Two day shipping, 20% off discount code. Hey, and if you want one of these cool belts or a turnover chain for the champion of your league, you can mm -hmm. get 10% off with the code focus belt. Again, that's trophysmack.com. All right. I will buy whoever wins the, the veterans league, a board and a belt. That's well, the starting. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot more than this. A lot more than but that. But I will be, I will be buying that person a a board for next year and oh, a belt I was for this say, year. How are you going to know? Board for next year. Got it. Trophy belt, belt, uh, belt for this year. I love it, Field. Yep. All right, let's talk about some news. We have a cut down days going on right now, and honestly, not a whole lot happened yesterday that felt like it really impacted our fantasy landscape per se. There was one thing that did sort of stand out to me, Field. I thought was interesting, which was. The Arizona Cardinals deciding to release Colt McCoy yeah. in order to have Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon take over as the signal caller starting in week one. Right. Does this impact, like, we're not going to draft either of those quarterbacks, but does this impact either Mar Marquise Brown or Rondell Moore or James Conner or yeah. anyone else in this Cardinals offense? First of all, to our Cardinals fans, listeners out there, Oof. I got a little bit of advice for you, okay? <laughs> if you don't already... Find a way to subscribe to both the Pac-12 network and the ACC <laughs> network. Caleb Williams, Drake May. Those are the like two you're guys. bringing up a sore topic with the Pac-12. If you will. I know. It, it is difficult. Uh, if you were like me we're, on we're Saturday night trying to like, find I know. And also this past Saturday night, it was not exactly easy mm, to find yeah. Caleb Williams, this prodigy yeah. player, the Heisman Trophy winner on live TV. So, yes, do yourself a favor. Find a way to get a Pac-12 and an ACC network subscription. Because it's going to be a long season. It's Kyler Murray officially on PUP. That was totally expected. Yep. No one thought he'd be available in the first four weeks. We'll follow that one uh, as he eventually returns. If he eventually returns, um, I am not totally certain when that will be. But Josh Dobbs acquitted himself pretty well last year down the stretch. Remember last year in week 18 in a playoff game effectively yep. for the Titans, he completed 69% of his passes, looked pretty sharp, kept them in that game for a little while. So I don't know that it's really an upgrade, really a downgrade at or all downgrade, from Colt McCoy. Yeah. Like I look at it as like, I feel about the same way that I did prior to the news yesterday. So I haven't made any changes to my rankings whatsoever about Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, James Conner, Zach Ertz. Those guys are going to feast because there's a ton of volume. And while the Cardinals probably won't run the football that well and may, because of game script, not be able to run the football that much, 
that's just fine for James Conner. He has no competition for carries or targets out of the backfield right now. He remains this incredibly boring but very useful RB2. Yep. All right. We're going to keep watching as cutdowns are going to keep happening throughout the rest of the day. If anything comes up, we'll talk about it some more. But we're going to dive into league winners. Yeah, we are. This is a good one right here. Big draft season right now. Everyone's doing drafts like we talked about. I want to ask you, when we're talking about league winners, you've got some guys in here. Stefania's got some guys in here. I've got some guys. What does a league winner, what does that definition mean to you? And do you have an example of a player that you could give us? I think it's important to discuss the parameters here. This is not... Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler or Justin Jefferson to go who might be the guys. first three picks yeah. in your draft, right? Obviously, <laughs> if those guys perform to expectations, it will definitely help your cause. But nobody is saying that those guys will, will be anything other than like the very, very best at their positions. It's also not guys that you've never heard of or guys that are going in the 15th round or guys that might not go drafted at all. I view league winners as this. Players that are being drafted fairly early but we think could take a quantum leap into stardom. They just aren't going where stars are already being taken, or at least the level of stardom they could be reached. Uh, they could reach those players that have already reached that level are going higher than them. So think back to last year, two years ago is the best example. Two years ago, Cooper cup was a top 20 wide receiver in terms of ADP. And he has the best season for a wide receiver since like the Jerry rice days, right? That guy won so many leagues almost by himself last season. Here's some examples. Josh Jacobs, his ADP, 57th overall last year. Had an incredible season. League-winning upside. A.J. Brown, who, by the way, was on the fifth highest percentage of championship-winning teams last year, had an ADP of 36.4. That's well behind where he is going this year, right? He's going probably two full rounds earlier. Amon Ross St. Brown, a top-10 wide receiver last season, was going 65th overall. That's like wide receiver 25 last year. So it's not going to be names that you haven't heard of. And it's also not going to be names of guys that you're taking in the first three picks. It's going to be somewhere in between. And we'll dive into these players on a case by case basis. All right. So look. Oh, go ahead, Stefania. I just I, I think there's a little risk reward too, you know, because some of these guys, we're not saying they are going to be, we're saying they could be. But it could also be it's, it's a gamble with totally. some of them, and yeah. so there one are name just in guys, particular yeah. I'll bring up. Yeah. Lot yes. of risk, yeah. yeah. Lot of so risk. there's guys with opportunity, but I think this is fun because every year when we look back and we do the fantasy awards, we're yep. looking at guys and we're we're saying, did you think this guy would be such a game changer? Yeah, Monroe St. Brown is the one that first came to mind because it was he just exploded last year. So I think we're all expecting big things. First name I'm going to throw it out here: we're all expecting big things out of Garrett Wilson. Yeah, but let me define why he would be a league winner is everybody is is excited about Garrett Wilson. I mean, every single person who covers fantasy football, who watches football, everybody except for defensive backs that have to cover Garrett Wilson are excited about Garrett Wilson. And yet, based off ADP and also based off of wide receiver ranks, he's still like wide receiver 10, right? So imagine if Garrett Wilson instead finishes as like wide receiver three or four this year you would be getting like a full round, maybe even a round and a half discount on a superstar player, which is pretty rare at the top of the boards. Garrett Wilson last season, seventh in the NFL in targets with God-awful quarterback play. If Garrett Wilson starts to invoke, and I think he will in some ways, some Devontae Adams qualities this year, he has a legitimate path to a top three wide receiver finish The Jets do not have a ton of depth at wide receiver. Garrett Wilson is by far the alpha. In some ways, the personnel of this team, 
reminds me of some of the old Packers rosters that we saw. Yep. Garrett Wilson has league winning upside, even though he's going to go probably in the first 20 to 25 picks of your draft. So that's what I wanted to say. And looking at his ADP, we've been talking about Garrett Wilson a bunch, right? Yeah. We've been we've been talking about how much we love this guy, what the upside can be. His ADP has risen. He's coming off the board at the end of the second round. He's now the eighth wide receiver off the board ahead of AJ Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown. So like he's moving up the boards still though. There's still room based on the volume that he saw Stefania last year to pay off even this wide receiver eight spot. Well, I think we saw what he could be. Mm -hmm. And as field reference, the quarterback play was less than what you expect him to have this year with Aaron Rodgers. I think people's hesitation, if there has been any, has been, well, Aaron Rodgers got these other wide receivers to come join him. There's Randall Cobb, there's Alan Lazard. Is Garrett Wilson going to get the attention? But you referenced the point that I was going to make, which is the Devontae Adams comparison. Like, Aaron Rodgers is already, if you're watching Hard Knocks, and he's already talked about how much he likes Garrett Wilson and how good Garrett Wilson is. We hadn't seen them together until that one preseason game. And in the little bit of time that they were together, who did he look for in the end zone? Yep. It was Garrett Wilson who made a great catch and a great play. And that right there, Aaron Rodgers is built on trust. We know that. He's already established that that relationship is going to succeed. And Garrett Wilson only had four touchdowns last year. If they look like that in the red zone, then he's going to have way more touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. So just a reminder, like the further you move down the board, the less important one round discounts become. You're looking for guys who are like seven or eight or nine round discounts, but still given that Garrett Wilson's current ADP is the back end of the second round. And we're saying there's a path where he should actually be drafted right now is like, the seventh overall player on the board. If he reaches that ceiling, he'll prove to be a league winner. Yeah. Field, there is another wide receiver we're going to talk about. We're expecting Kenny Pickett to take another step here mm -hmm. in his second year at the quarterback position. And there's a Steelers wide receiver that we think maybe could take another step. Who do you that like here? That would be George Pickens, who I'm looking at the first 50 picks right now in terms of ADP, and you still don't see George Pickens. I'm going to have to keep moving down my board. Well, let's talk about George Pickens as a player. He is an absolute freak. If not for some questions about maturity coming out of the draft last year, he would have been a first-round pick. I swear, every time George Pickens makes a catch, it's cool. I don't know how that's possible, but George Pickens only makes really legitimately cool catches. If Kenny Pickett takes that step forward that everybody is forecasting right now, who do we think has more touchdown upside in this Steelers offense? And this is not a Deontay Johnson joke from scoring no, no, zero no. <laughs> last year. This is a player who has not yet reached 10 receiving touchdowns in a single season. George Pickens' talent is off the charts. Our guy Ryan Clark, one of the best analysts in all of football land, was talking about the talent of George Pickens and how it's like astronomical, right? We could be talking about a guy who in pure talent alone just, I'm just talking talent, not production so far, is a top five talent at the wide receiver spot in the NFL. If this Steelers offense advances and George Pickens advances and becomes the alpha in this offense, he is going to smash his ADP by so far. I'm currently looking at it right now. I, 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 it's so far down from number one that I still haven't found it yet. He it is wide receiver 31. 31. He's going off in the, the ninth. ninth round yeah so yeah. this one might make more sense to people than garrett wilson because it's like wait really garrett wilson's like a you know a top 20 pick this is the secret sauce of a potential league winner right yep. here a guy who's going as wide receiver 31 who maybe deserves to be going is like wide receiver 15 
every time I watch Kenny Pickens out or Kenny Pickens, George Pickens out on the field. Just, that's fine. Pickett to Pickens. That's going to be what you want to see. You see so easily the skill, right? You see the one handed catches. You see the way that like he's able to have that body control and that concentration. He's just cooler than and, whoever your favorite receiver is. George Pickens is cooler than your favorite cool. receiver. And you talked about which one of these guys is going to get touchdowns. George Pickens is six foot three, Stefania. If there's one guy that's got a bigger that, body, you Daniel. can't teach size as much as Deontay Johnson would love to teach size. He just can't do that. So yeah. yeah, there is definitely more touchdown equity. I feel like in George Pickens in this offense. And if like we're talking about a potential second year leap to match what Kenny Pickett does. I think we're already seeing it from Kenny Pickett. I mean, you know, just how he looks right now. Season. My NFL yeah. preseason MVP. Yeah. Five drives, yeah. five touchdowns right. for the Steelers with Kenny he Pickett under center. He has a perfect passer rating, I believe, entering the season. That seems good. You know, I'm not a math guy, but that seems start. good. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. Not so, a math guy. I think if, if as Kenny Pickett progresses, so progress the receivers. And if George Pickens happens to be the one that he defaults to, then... Yeah. Could he be this year's A.J. Brown is the question I have. Ooh. He had the second highest dot last year, did George Pickens in the NFL. Average depth of target. I think there's a path for him to become this year's A.J. Brown. Linear, big-bodied, physical, fast-as-all, get-out wide receiver whose quarterback takes a big leap this year, and maybe he pushes for 12 or 13 receiving well, touchdowns. See, one of the things that A.J. Brown does, I love that Seth Walder metric about the openness. You know, he is like the best receiver in the league yeah. for being able Just to being open. get open, yeah. and he is able to manufacture that. We'll see if George Pickens can do that. I love that. Stefania, let's talk Daniel. about this next guy. <laughs> Why are you making me do it? I want to start with you. Because well, I think this is, a, it's not mean. It's just a tough question. You guys are picking on me. So Atlanta Falcons. No, no, no. Don't come to me. I, this is, I don't think it's fair to Stefania. She doesn't feel this way about this player. You don't, you don't feel this way about him, do you? I don't, but maybe that's why you wanted me to start with well, like that. All right. Well, let's start with you. Okay, you, we'll, do, I, I, you don't. I, I actually think Kyle Pitt, Pitts has league winning upside. All right. Tell us so why. I, I was going to actually tell Stefania, like, if you want to leave the studio for five <laughs> minutes, it's a no, okay. here, Here's what I'll say. Because I, whatever you're about to say, yeah. I would say that is the upside. I just, I, I just have less confidence it'll get there. So go ahead. Yeah. Give okay. Your so, okay. So I'm glad that you, uh, you agree with that because again, these are league winning players to find and noted very specifically at the beginning of this, these guys have some risk baked into them. The risk in Kyle Pitts, I don't think is a Kyle Pitts skill set thing. I think it's two things. It's will this offense allow him to be great and will his knee hold up over the course of the season? Mm-hmm. But in a world in which Kyle Pitts stays healthy for 17 games and the Falcons screw the proverbial head on straight and decide to feature him as the focal point of their passing game, you can both have a monster Bijan Robinson season and a monster Kyle Pitts season. Is it likely? The past two years would suggest it is not likely. <laughs> that being said, if you're looking at other wide receivers that are being drafted further down the board than Kyle Pitts, like you find the one that screams league winning upside. Like, do you think there's a world in which Tyler Higby nope. has like 125 catches, which is going to, that, you know, that's, that's too much. Is there a world <laughs> in which Tyler Higby has like 85 catches for 1100 yards and 12 touchdowns? No, it seems like a pretty unlikely world to me. It may be like a 10% chance, and that might be being generous. But Kyle Pitts, if he is featured, could absolutely crush his ADP. Maybe I will be the one who is the sucker in this scenario. Maybe I'm too infatuated by, check this out, people, a 22-year-old who ran a 4-4-4-40 who can run like the wind 
He can move like a freaking running back in his route running. He's big. He does everything well physically. Like maybe I'm the sucker for wanting more out of that kind of player. But if the Falcons decide to do the exact same thing as we want, he has league winning upside. He does. I agree with that. I want to say this really quickly, Stefania. I agree with everything you just said, Field. In our, we're doing a draft right now, our Michigan men draft with a bunch of our friends. I just drafted Kyle Pitts as my tight end because it got to a point where once you get to the board, the upside of the other tight ends that are on the board with Kyle Pitts is not as big as Kyle Pitts' upside. Just, just so look if at you're the looking at ceiling, taking after him, that's exactly what it is. Pat Farmworth, I love the kid. I do too. Not gonna have, doesn't have the upside of ceiling Kyle isn't Pitts. There. Like the floor is significantly higher than Kyle Pitts. Totally fair. The the upside though, like Kyle Pitts, even in a season in which he disappointed in some ways, specifically the touchdown department, he became the second rookie tight end ever. With a thousand receiving yards. And that's why Pat Fryermuth is not a league winner and why we're talking about Kyle Pitts because of that skill set as a potential league winner. That doesn't mean it's gonna happen, but like that ceiling is there where he could be that person. I don't know, Stefania, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean I think everyone knows by now what my anxiety around Kyle Pitts is and it has to do with the injury things. I'll just remind you the things that concerned me were the injury was in November. The team reported it as an MCL sprain. That's all we heard. He had surgery back then. It was still not cleared to do anything, nothing, zero in minicamp, something that should have been fully resolved by then. When he did show up at training camp, he's wearing a bulky functional brace, something you don't really see guys wear after that procedure. So already I'm thinking there's a little more to this story than we have the information on. Okay, start with that. And then I just didn't see it. There was like no volume of work. And the question I would ask to people were like, yeah, 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 but it's Kyle Pitts and he'll be fine. Whenever we have a player who does not participate much in the preseason and they are coming off an injury and we know we need to get them acclimated to football and acclimated to volume of work, mm. we get nervous. Like, hey, we haven't seen this guy. We don't, What's going to happen when they're put in place to be on the field You know, for 75% of the snaps? They're, they're meant to be carrying a full load across 17 weeks. Yeah. That's when I start to get nervous. Sure. So that, that to me is the risk. It's not the talent. The guy is amazingly talented. It's that combined with the usage. I think they're going to run multiple tight end sets. That's what we saw a lot of even in the joint practices. He's got the ability to be a difference maker. They ran some very cool plays with him sort of cutting across the middle on the backside. I think he can be a great asset to them. I don't know they're going to use him that way. I don't know he's going to hold up. I'm not sure that these things need to be mutually exclusive. You can have all those fears and all those things can be true. And the things that we're talking about field of like. he could assuage them and be phenomenal. Yep. We just just said both mutually exclusive and assuaged in like the same seven (laughs) second bite. I think. Listen to fantasy focus and get smarter. I think I know what both of those things mean, but I'm not going to lie to you. There's 10% (laughs) of me that is like not entirely sure I know what they mean. All right, let's move on. We got a couple of guys. We got a, we actually we got a handful of guys. Here a lot of them. I'm, yeah, three really good ones coming about. up here. Yeah. Finally, a rookie coming up here. Field Jays. We got one rookie. We wanted to actually. We got two rookies. We're going to yeah, talk back about to back, here. Yeah. But Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. All right, let's talk about this for a second. This here. is a guy that has as wide of a range of outcomes as it feels like it gets right now in fantasy football. I just told you guys that whoever you think the coolest wide receiver is in fantasy football, George Pickens is cooler than that receiver. Whoever you think is the most athletic player at the quarterback position when you factor in size and speed, not just speed, not just size, when you factor in both of them, 
Anthony Richards, it is more athletic than that player. By, by a mile. By a mile. What he did at the Combine was breathtaking. Sick. It yeah. completely <laughs> like stole the event, and there were some absolute freaks who were also at that event who lost some of their shine because Anthony Richardson just dominated that significantly. He's playing in a system under Shane Steichen that, of course, is very similar, if not identical, to the system that Jalen Hurts played in last year. Who led the NFL in terms of designed quarterback rushes last season? Jalen Hurts, ding, ding, ding. How many did he have? 99. That's just designed runs, okay? So do the math. Jalen Hurts missed multiple games towards the end of last season. If you were getting somewhere between six and eight designed runs for Anthony Richardson per game, plus the scrambles that are likely to take place because he's a young quarterback who has so much athletic ability that if he senses pressure, he'll say, bye-bye, I'm taking off. I am running, okay? Jonathan Taylor, he might not be a Colt. Defenses are going to probably say, let's pin our ears back and try to attack Anthony Richardson. It may not be pretty. It also may not matter. If Anthony Richardson is unleashed as a runner right away, he has league-winning upside. He does not need to be a prolific passer who's throwing for 250 yards and three touchdowns a game. He needs to be Justin Fields last year, right? rush for over a thousand yards and i don't care if they are dead last in passing yards per game which i'm pretty sure the bears were last year they weren't that far off if they weren't dead last that's all he needs to be is it a guarantee he gets there of course not there are some legitimate concerns about this colts offense right now not the least of which is that their best player is on the pup list and may never play a down for them again anthony richardson is an erratic passer we saw that during his final season in college no surprise whatsoever. I don't have him ranked inside my top 10 for quarterbacks, but would I be surprised if Anthony Richardson has a top five quarterback season on a points per game basis once he kind of figures things out? Not at all. He's definitely got that top five QB upside, potentially QB one upside on a weekly basis, right? We saw that last year with Justin Fields. I mean, whether it's season long or not, you're going to have spike weeks from Anthony Richardson. Think Lamar Jackson at the end of his rookie season. I think Jalen Hurts at the end of his rookie or second, second season. I believe it was the end of his rookie, rookie season. Year, the last four games. Where he got really hot again. Yep. Think Justin Fields last year, middle of that season. What I can't guarantee you is that it's going to happen at any point, and I certainly can't guarantee you that it's going to happen from start to finish. Yeah. But if by the end of September, Anthony Richardson's kind of figured it out and the Colts are as aggressive rushing him as the Eagles were with Jalen Hurts, watch out, people. Let me make a case for why... I think it will work out. Okay. So Anthony Richardson, we keep talking about what he did at Florida and how he looked in the erratic passing and the accuracy element, right? I like it when you agree with me, by the way. <laughs> it makes me feel better, On that too. part. Yeah. But here's what Anthony oh, oh. Richardson did before he went to the Combine. He started working with Tom Gormley. Tom Gormley also worked with Brock Purdy, and he's worked with a number of throwers. He's a physical therapist who also happens to be a throwing coach, huge background oh, wow. in throwing mechanics. And you know what he's found a niche in? developing throwing in quarterbacks. Mm. Think about baseball pitchers. All they do in the offseason is they work on their volume. They yeah. progress when they, they take a little bit of rest and then they progress and ramp up towards the season and develop their throwing uh, volume. They work on their spin rate. They work on all that. What if you had someone who is dedicated to doing the same things but for a quarterback, mm. looking at their throwing mechanics, their throwing metrics, what they need to do on the field, how they throw, how they use their footwork relative to it. That's what he's doing with quarterbacks. Keep that name in mind because this guy, more and more quarterbacks are starting to seek out his services because they're talking to quarterbacks like Brock Purdy who have worked with him 
and it has really allowed them to develop their game. So the idea that you can't become something bigger than what you were in college, that you can't develop your skill set beyond it, is false. It's just never really been tried. Think of what most quarterbacks do in the offseason. They rest. Yeah. And then they start just throwing. They, just they play, play golf. Yeah, they play <laughs> golf. Golfing against each other. Right. And yeah. they, they might throw to their receivers, but they're not doing it in a – it's very different than how a pitcher approaches sure. return to throwing. Sure. What if you had an analogous development for quarterbacks? I think you're going to start to see that. Anthony Richardson has done that. He's an incredibly hard worker. And I think that's some of what the coaches are seeing in Indy. Now, he's still got to get used to the NFL. He's still going to be harassed by defenses. He still is potentially losing Jonathan Taylor, which I think is a terrible loss for him. But as far as his ability to throw, that's not a finished product. So I like it. It's going to happen at some point. What we don't know is whether it happens in the middle of this season, mm-hmm. at the end of this season. But as we also know, in fantasy football, league winners are not just players that you have from start to finish on your roster. As a matter of fact, Justin Fields was often drafted last year and then often dropped after a terrible start to last season. Yep, A league winner might be a guy that if your quarterback is just kind of milling along and giving you average but nothing special production, or you've got a quarterback that regresses and is not pulling his weight, and you decide to roll the dice on Anthony Richardson in week six, again, there could be a stretch where Anthony Richardson replicates Justin Fields from last season. League winning upside for Anthony Richardson. Last night, I did a super flex draft. Okay. Had first overall pick. Lucky me. Not nice to brag. So I grabbed Patrick <laughs> Mahomes yeah. and decided this is the perfect Dynasty. scenario. No, just a redraft league. Yeah. But the perfect scenario. Why not take the upside because I got the safety of Patrick Mahomes on Anthony Richardson as my QB2. Like, you're not going to have any better safety of a floor. And on those two weeks where both Patrick Mahomes and Anthony Richardson score 35 points, you're going to be feeling great about it. But there's going to be that up and down. This is going to be like the Mike Evans or Mike Williams type of a situation. But from a quarterback situation, I think we'll have some spike weeks here as we try to figure out who Anthony Richardson is. But as a part of that conversation field, he might not have a running back. Today is the deadline that was set forth by the Colts. For Jonathan Taylor to find a trade partner, yeah. August 29th. Sure. One, have you heard anything else, too, just from no. your insider circles? I, the only thing I would say is that I'm dubious this deadline is fixed. Can like, it be moved? Yeah, that's, that yeah. was my thought. My, my sense is this. It's a deadline because we have the roster cutdowns, and the Colts have to decide by 4 p.m. today whether to remove Jonathan that's Taylor from the PUP the list. Oof. If, yeah, key. And that's a roster spot that if Jonathan Taylor is so discontent that he's not going to play for the Colts under any circumstances, then why would they keep him on the 53-man roster and have to risk lose somebody else? Can he accrue a season if he's on PUP? Or does that not does, does that count as he games? He has to be on the active roster for okay. a total of, uh, I believe it's eight games. Eight, yeah. games. eight or nine games. But I think, that's, I think Jonathan Taylor's focus is less on accruing a season and more on getting the hell out of Indianapolis. Yeah, seems um, that way. But... That's the deadline for now. If there's some irons in the fire and they just haven't been able to figure this out, I think this deadline can be pushed. I think the Colts would activate Jonathan Taylor by 4 p.m., keep him on the roster with the wink-wink to Jonathan. We're going to get something done here over the next probably three or four days. But that's why this player has league-winning upside. He totally does. Because if you have done a draft up to this point, Jonathan Taylor could be going anywhere right now. As a matter of fact, to that point... Jonathan Bleeping Taylor, who's awesome, is going right now. 
and it's his current ADP, back into the third round 10-team leagues. 29th oh. overall is Jonathan Taylor. So if Jonathan Taylor, let's just make this scenario up. Our show will get off the air around noon, let's say um, at, you know, let's see, 2.30. Shefty drops a tweet and says, hey, Jonathan Taylor has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. If you got Jonathan Taylor at 32nd overall or 28th overall, and he goes to Miami, how high will he go if he gets traded today to Miami and you have a draft tomorrow? Seventh, eighth, tenth? Top seven, yeah. And by the way, he's... He's ready to come off the PUP list. Right. Put it this For, yeah. If anybody's wondering, yep. Yep. he's ready. Yep. So I think that, uh, you know, to me, it is uh, such a roll of the dice, but so much upside here. You would never have this conversation surrounding Jonathan Taylor if not for these circumstances. You yep. would just say, no, that guy rules. He's going to be, you know, probably a top 15 pick, uh, whether he's in Indianapolis or whether he's not in Indianapolis. And I've seen Jonathan Taylor in mock drafts I've done go even lower than pick number 29 overall. Think about what happened for those that took Josh Jacobs prior to his news over the weekend that he was back. They have been rewarded for it. He was going in like the fourth round in drafts that I was a part of mock drafts. So you are getting crazy value for Jonathan Taylor if he plays. And he always played with something to prove. And he is angry, not not just about this, about getting hurt last year and having that Mm -hmm. compromise this season. A guy who never missed time, never missed games until last year. Got that addressed in a surgery in January. His ankle will be strong now. It's not going to be a problem for him this year. And boy, is he going to play with a chip on his shoulder about everything. So uh, I love, yeah, yeah. love the upside which, for him. Which one do you think, and this is just a conversation, which one do you think has more risk this year, Anthony Richardson or Jonathan Taylor? We're talking about these two Colts. Both well, of them I would have say Jonathan Taylor. You think the Jonathan Taylor I mean, risk The price is, is so different. And we're talking about a player who, even if you get him in the fourth round, right? Richardson right now, if I have this correctly, he's going in the 14th round. Okay. Yeah. So he's basically so free at like, that point. You know, you're free, yeah. yeah. I, um now, if both of them play, who do I think is like the much better bet to like definitely be good? Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. But the price is so substantially lower for Anthony Richardson that he feels like the far riskier play. I am dubious, 1137 comments, that Jonathan Taylor is traded today. But I think at some point before the season begins, there's a very real possibility that the Colts and somebody get a deal done. As long They wouldn't not activate him because that's going to hurt. The tra- I mean, somebody wants to use him right away. Right, so you're getting, they're going to yeah. put him on the active roster. You're I pretty think convinced. by th- my sus- suspicion is that the only way that he goes to the PUP list today is if the Colts feel like there is the zero chance of trading him. Yeah. Like there's okay. no way whatsoever that we are trading Jonathan Taylor. That would be my suspicion because to <laughs> your, I mean, who wants to give the Colts a first round pick or something close to it? Give Jonathan Taylor 18 million bucks a year or something yep. close to it, whatever the number is. And not be able to utilize him right. for the first four weeks exactly. of the season. Yeah. But the Colts have not done all the smartest things to this point. So just. <laughs> nice way of putting it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've been polite. a little. A little that was, I've had some choice fast. words. Uh, yeah. Jim yeah. Ursay. Let's, yeah. let's reiterate yeah, that yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he has uh, really put his, his staff in a, in a bind here. Field, there's another running back that is coming off the board within eight spots of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And that's rookie Jameer Gibbs. We're always talking about Bijan Robinson because he's the one that everyone's excited about. Yeah. But I think Jameer Gibbs has that same league-winning potential here. Sure does. 81 catches for Alvin Kamara as a rookie. I mentioned that because Jameer Gibbs, if he is Alvin Kamara 2.0, that's the kind of potential that we are talking about. We always remind people about just how much more valuable a target is as opposed to a carry for a running back. There was data in recent years that suggested one target is 2.5 times more powerful 
and important than a carry than one carry. Yep. What if Jameer Gibbs has 110 targets this year? Who are the Lions' best pass catchers? Not name a Monroe St. Brown. Jamison Williams, when he's available, he's not going to be available for the first six weeks of the season. We don't even know that he's one he's of the Lions' best pass catchers. Yeah, that's a, he's, he's definitely a wild card. It should be on paper that Jameer Gibbs is a top three targeted player for the Lions from Jump Street. Yep. If they do what I expect them to do, which is why they use the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs, he could have a real chance of being a top three running back in terms of receptions this season. If he gets there, just go back over the years and find every running back that was top three in receptions in each of the past like 10 years and go find out what the floor is. I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you that floor is super ridiculously high and we know what the ceiling is. The ceiling is being the best running back in fantasy. So Jameer Gibbs, massive talent, unbelievable in the open field. He's going to make somebody look silly in week one against the Chiefs in the passing game. Somebody for the Chiefs right now, I feel bad for the defensive player. And whoever they play in week two, I feel bad for that defensive player because that player is also going to look silly. He's great in the passing game if the Lions do what I expect them to do because the Lions have a brilliant offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. He's so good. You play to finish first in fantasy football. Take Jameer Gibbs as your RB2. I love it. Yeah. I've I've been seeing a couple of people decide to wait and take Jameer Gibbs in case you want to like punt on the running back position, load up on pass catchers, maybe a Travis Kelsey. Jameer Gibbs as your potential low end RB one. I still think that's a little rich for me, but if he has this league winning upside, what? and we've talked about Jamison Williams not going to be there for the first six games, so we think there's at least going to be a little bit of an extra workload to start the season to be able to help get you going there. So yes. just look at some of the He's players gonna, that are in the same spot yeah. though. And like, who's going to be who? Who else is going to be a running back for them? Well, of any consequence. David Montgomery should of be any, okay. I, I still don't think like, of, of, of any consequence. So, but, and let's, and also like some of the players being drafted close to Jameer Gibbs, like who has more upside, Jameer Gibbs or James Conner? Jameer, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs or Miles Sanders, who Jameer are both Gibbs. players that I like for what they are, right? Being drafted at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty it's, close. I, mean, I don't Gibbs feel like because in my mind boards, there's such a big yeah, gap. Yeah, but, but um, wow. yeah, I mean, those are the kind of players. Damian Pierce, who I like a lot, obviously, but Gibbs' pass Damian. catching is still so significant that he could eclipse these great runners like Damian Pierce and Ken Walker the third, who might catch 40 passes this year, but their teams might also deflect some of the pass catching attention to other players because they both figure to use a committee approach in the backfield. Do you think that these Lions running backs are better this year than they were last year? And that's no shade at Yes. Yes. Question. And last year, the Detroit Lions led all running backs in fantasy points per game. Yeah. And this year, we've got two more guys that we really love. I'm, I think there's a bit of a trap. Yeah. Well, I understand the 17 touchdowns. I think there's a bit of a trap in that stat because it's a season-long stat and because Jamal Williams broke every efficiency model. But I do think this this backfield is very, very talented. I'll say the opposite of that because I think you take away half of Jamal Williams' touchdowns and give it to like actual production within the passing game to these two guys, and I think it starts to even itself out a little bit. Yeah, or, or it could be that you know Jared Goff throws yeah. eight touchdowns instead to players that aren't running back. So I yeah, think so there's a bit possible. of a fool's errand in that, in, that, in that number one or most points scored um Amongst all running back, uh, amongst all backfields uh, last season, but I mean it's still a very highlight. Watch this. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be Jamir Gibbs and Bijan Robinson are going to finish like one and two. How great like, would that uh, they're, be? They're going to just I'd blow love up I would love the that whole right there. running Shoot. back model. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd like it if Christian McCaffrey was in there. Yeah, too, he'll be in the list. He can be RB three with like <laughs> one half of one point fewer than Jamir Gibbs <laughs> yeah, and Bijan, who tie for the a most healthy points healthy yeah. CMC all to get through yes. the entire postseason plus finishing as RB three. I'd take that. Yeah, I would take okay. it too. All right, all field. Right.
Let's pay some bills. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Yep. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. With the NFL season right around the corner, nonstop football action is in sight. You can get into the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers, all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app before kickoff. Use the code FFF and get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use when you bet just $5 on any NFL bet. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code FFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and re- deposit restrictions apply. Gosh. That wasn't that was not league winning upside. I right gotta there. work on that. Not one. league winning upside, right? It's there. a little no. different than last year. Last year's flowed a little better. I gotta mm. I gotta work on some of this. It's, a, it's do you it's like uh, just the preseason? It is There's the preseason. It's my preseason to too. Yeah, we're That's gonna right. cut to uh-huh. like a, a shot of Daniel at home tonight doing like, like Ron Burgundy vocal exercises <laughs> right at right home in the, in the mirror. mirror. <laughs> that would be so funny, actually. So good. Please record. Yeah, that. I think I could have a good time. Milk was a bad choice. I will. <laughs> um, by the way, did you hear who just did uh, Christopher Nolan? Is that the guy that did Oppenheimer? Yeah. So I was just listening to the Rich Eisen by show. By the way, really good movie. I heard it's great. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, he was really good. He, Rich Eisen asked Christopher Nolan his like favorite like put the controller down movies when they come on the television. Okay. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but he didn't say that. Although that's mine, <laughs> yeah. uh, he said Talladega Nights, the Ballad oh, of Ricky that, Bobby. That really? Can you imagine? The, that's like, like I mean, Christopher Nolan he's like says, the "Dark Knight," right? Didn't he do the Dark yeah, Knight too? Yeah. I mean, and he's Dark Knight, Oppenheimer, and he's like Talladega Nights. Uh, uh, Talladega yeah. Nights is the movie I can't say no to when it comes on the. T- I just love that. So good. Sure, that's so much fun. Hmm. All right. Let's talk about a couple more guys we think have some potential league-winning upside. Yeah, let me about ask you about some of these players, because I think some of these were your and Stefania's uh, submissions to the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You think Alexander Madison for the Vikings has some league-winning upside. Absolutely, I do. I think Why can I only hear his name in song voice? Alexander you- Madison? Yeah. He's been My waiting in the wings. Or no? so, but, you know, his name is Alexander Madison. Come on, sing it. That was, that was, that was like a half measure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, because nobody yeah. wants to hear me Uh-oh, sing. Oh, okay. Honest. Hold on. I've been told we can't do it because we might owe Lynn manuel Miranda $10,000 no, as a right to issue. No, you can talk Wesleyan, to him. You yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. Lynn and I would agree to donate the money to the Wesleyan Athletic Fund. Uh, probably not. Probably the athletic, just like the scholarship fund in general. Them. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right, so here's what I'm saying. I like Alexander Madison because right now coming off the board in the eighth, excuse me, set, end of the seventh round as running back 23. Okay. When we've watched Alexander Madison fill in for Dalvin Cook in short spurts, mind you, it's small sample size. We've watched him be a potential top 10, top 12 running back, somebody that we say needs to be in your lineup. Yeah. Looking at him in this offense, I think there is at least a chance that Alexander Madison can outperform this running back 23 position and be a top 15, top 12, maybe even top running top 10 running back on a per game basis by the time you get to the end of the season. We'll see how they use him. But when I look at the running backs around him and I look at the way that they utilized him when Dalvin Cook was out, there's at least a reason in my head, a narrative that I can look forward to say, this guy outside the top 20 of running backs at least has top 12 potential for his ceiling. Here's my question. Because when Dalvin Cook was healthy, which he was last year, then Alexander Madison's volume was really low. Super low. But they, when Dalvin Cook was in his heyday with the Vikings, they used him. They were not afraid to use him as three down back. So, mm. are they going to do the same thing with Madison? You are reading my mind. Yeah, mm. because great question. Will they do that? Because then I feel much more encouraged about the upside potential. But yet, I feel like, I feel like there's not a lot of excitement around this possibility with him. So, is it just that it's not going to happen, or? That's why? Great, why are we? Why is the? Eh, you this know, is what I would boil it down to. Sort of to to kind of summarize what I think both of you are saying. We expect the role to be awesome for Alexander Madison. They've been talking him up all summer. Yep. And the roster is not stacked with backs behind him. Nope. Everybody, I think, sort of just assumes that he is an inferior player to Dalvin Cook. Are we certain about that, though? Right, like he, this is not replacing Christian McCaffrey, right? This mm-hmm. is not replacing Nick Chubb. I know that Dalvin Cook's been to a Pro Bowl like each of the past four seasons. I think he's very good. I think he had an excellent run with Minnesota. There's a chance, maybe it's a small chance. There's a small chance that Alexander Madison is as good or slightly better this year than, da- than Dalvin Cook. And if so, you're drafting him about 10 slots too, too low amongst running backs. Right. That, to me, is the case and for Alexander Madison. When he's filled in for him, but when, when Dalvin Cook was actually Super hurt, useful. he, he kind of looked like him. He did. I mean, yeah. very no, similar style. He literally style. looked literally. like him. Like, they can't yes. the same hair. Two, <laughs> four, yeah. same haircut, but, same single digit. Like, but, yeah. but, but no, it's confusing. really interesting to me, which is, so then you would think yeah. he's still a relatively young guy. His workload, he, he's not a tired running back, even for being around for a while, because his workload's be been less. So yep. there are a lot of reasons to be really encouraged, but I feel like we haven't, and we, the not just us three, but the whole fantasy football community has not been really excited about Alexander Madison. That's why he's going as running back 23, but I think there is some potential upside there. Same with the guy named James Cook. James Cook, I think, absolutely has league-winning <laughs> upside. Dalvin Cook. That's James right. Dalvin that's Cook. right. James Brother Dalvin of Cook. Dalvin James, I'm told. So good. Still my favorite. That's my. I think it's one of my favorite things about. Shout out Ian Hurtis for putting that out. The yeah. first time. Great trivia. Great dude. Yeah. Great follow on Twitter too. Um, Dalvin Cook. Excuse me, James Cook. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Whatever. Appreciate that. The guy who plays for Buffalo. How about that? Wait till they play each other. Last year, this is small sample size, but I just the reason why I'm I love James Cook this year. Small sample size. Last year as a rookie, averaged 5.7 yards per carry, highest amongst running back 5.7 yards and then when receptions averaged 8.6 yards per reception the dude was explosive now we have not seen buffalo utilize running backs from a fantasy perspective in a way that we've wanted to invest in them early Mm -hmm. right that's been a lot of the rub josh allen doesn't throw the ball to running backs because he uses his legs rather than those little dump offs Um, i think the path is along what you're talking about 
We know James Cook is talented. Yep. We know the Bills have talked about whether they actually do it, talked about using Josh Allen less as a runner. And while they did sign Damian Harris and they did sign Latavius Murray, are we sure that either one of those guys is a lock to play a premium role? Last thing I'd say, James Cook, to reiterate, awesome pass catcher. That was his forte in college. If he gets 50 catches this year, completely agree with the case. I don't think that that, from that standpoint, again, you're looking at a young running back with upside and a really awesome offense that should score a lot of points. Some of this is a little bit of a narrative, right? You're looking at, at the offenses that you like, you think you could score a lot. So I like James Cook this year. Mm. Stefania, let's talk about Darren Waller. Do you think that Darren Waller has the potential to be a league winner this year? Yes. I do, because first of all, the tight end position, we always get into this trap every year. We mm. talk about the tight end position being sort of, I think you use the term wasteland. Wasteland like is one of my favorites. La- yeah. Yeah, I need a new one this there, year. Well, I don't know if it fits. Why change it? I mean, the tight end position, Fair. last year, the, we, Travis Kelsey still remains the tight end to beat at the top, but the top tier of tight ends is pretty shallow. Yeah. You know, George Kittle has t- traditionally been up there, but with all the pass catching options in San Francisco and some of his injury history, we he may have fallen off that a little bit. Mark Andrews, who we still love in that role. Um, and Darren Waller, the talent is there, and we, we've seen him perform at this level. We've seen him be a game changer, but things kind of not great last year in Vegas. He was hurt. He had a hamstring injury, which was as we know, those can be chronic throughout the season. It was very problematic for him. And t- th- definitely some discontent, I think, with the Raiders as well by the time it got to the end of the season. So you take him. I want to vote yes on that part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be, I'm just trying to You're be the kind, kind one. right? Yes. I'm trying yeah. to like, okay. So he leaves there in a hurry, goes to the Giants, who, by the way, are going to feature him as a receiver. And not the least of which... The reason is not the least of which that they have no other huge pass catching option Did for they add Daniel Jones. Anybody this off season that was a Paris Campbell, I think, was like the biggest name that felt like they added. Yeah, in the I mean, there, it's it's not to say that there aren't people who are capable, but even if you even if you throw Wandale Robinson into the mix, he's just now coming, coming on back, back from ACL. Mm-hmm. We've got Sterling Shepard, who, who I we don't know if he will still be with the team, but coming off dual consecutive injuries, Isaiah and Hodgins. then Isaiah Hodgins, who flashed some, but. Listen, Those when you names, talk about Stefania. it's not only the, that he has great hands to catch the ball, it's that he can get down the field. He's going to get people out of his way. He can make a contested catch. Like these are things he can do that I think are different and set him apart from the other pass catchers for the Giants. And I think they'll feature him. I love it. Um, let, there was one thing I was going to say about, you know, oh, I think some of the knock has been, you know, he's going to be 31 years old. But I'll say this. He's a young 31. He, he barely played his like the first yeah. four years. When did of his he really career. start? That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, in I think that he's a young sense. thirty-one. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I'm not an ageist like Mike is. That's fair. Mike, <laughs> Mike is Mike is a big time ageist. I know. Yeah. I know. But Did I use that term correctly? Ageist? Yes. Okay. But I think think about this: when he played all sixteen games, which is 2019 with Oakland when the Raiders were with Oakland, then 2020 when they moved to Las Vegas, he had over a thousand yards receiving in each of those years. So last year was compromised because of the health. Yeah. I think it goes back to over a thousand yards receiving. And I think the touchdowns are there as well. I forget who submitted the next player, but I want to say that I love this next pick. This next wasn't me that submitted this. It must yeah. have been. It was me. Okay, okay, no wonder I love the. Certainly pick. wasn't me. Let's talk about this San Francisco 49ers field. You got Debo Samuel as a potential league winner. Do you want me to pander to Stefania? Do you want yes, me to tell the please. truth, or do you want Go to do ahead. both? Because I am right now. Wow. Debo freaking Samuel. 
He was the wide receiver one two seasons ago. I am telling you this. Things happened last year that you must ignore about Debo Samuel. Like trading for CMC. Doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with CMC being on this 49ers offense that can take away from Debo Samuel. His rushing volume may go down, and I don't care because what I want from Debo Samuel is all the targets. Moreover, I've seen a lot of people say, you know, if you go back and look at how Brock Purdy distributed the ball down the stretch last year, that sample size is so small. Debo was hurt. And I think the 49ers would tell you in a moment of truth that despite all of their success last year, that maybe they didn't get enough out of Debo Samuel as they could, given how talented this player is. Ayuk, freaking stud. George Kittle, total baller. They've got good complementary pieces. The two guys that are different in that offense on a play-in and play-out basis, I think, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. I think Debo has a vintage bounce-back year this season. That's why I'm more optimistic. We've already made our board bet on this, Daniel. I think they find ways to get Debo Samuel the ball as a receiver a ton this year, and we are reminded why at the end of the 2021 season, we were talking about Debo Samuel as arguably the most explosive and valuable weapon amongst pass catchers in the NFL. Daniel, why do you hate the player on my team, Debo mm. Samuel? Mama Dop told me if I didn't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't say anything <laughs> at all, Stefania. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have the feel. I don't see it at any of the same way that Field does, but I don't want to poo-poo on Field's Well, Field's here's parade. the thing. No, um, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. You said poo-poo. I did. I did. You sound like my daughter right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to I go poo-poo. poo-poo. <laughs> Very proud of her for knowing that, though. Yeah. Can we clip that? Can you guys quick clip that and send it on the internet, please, to all of us? Good social clip. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, You know who's not going to go poo poo? Debo Samuel. You don't think so? And you know what? The 49ers, uh, you said. Do you agree with my point, though? I think if if they had some true serum, they'd be like, we could have done a better job last year. Yeah, but you know who else is saying that? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. About himself. And you, about himself. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yep. And when he came to camp this year, yep. they were all like, whoa, he looks good. He was lean. Let's not forget there were some contract things for him a year ago. Came in a little bit late to camp. Wasn't quite in the shape that uh, he needed to be for the season. Well, he looked phenomenal this year. He's leaned up. Uh, he was ready to go. And everything they saw during camp flashed to Debo Samuel that they had uh, two years ago when we were talking about how outstanding he was. So I do think it's bounce back year for Debo. Uh, the only more time of the connection with Brock Purdy, with him and Brandon, I, like you can just see it. And I, you could see it in camp. It's just that offense is going to click. And I, I, there's only one thing I regret about my Debo explanation, which was saying that there are two guys in that offense that are different, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. George Kittle has the exact skill set to be different. It's just that he does so many freaking things well that don't include catching the ball. That as we know with he's George Kittle, to like, block so yeah, much he's, he's doing yeah. so many things that go beyond the box score that the opportunity to shine as consistently as a receiver as I think Debo will, to me, is a little bit less. He's been a top 25 wide receiver one time in his career. And his so wish what? He's he was been in the NFL for four seasons. I, I totally hear you. Yeah. And all the things that are different, he has CMC in this offense now. It's not the same quarterback. I think that Brandon Ayuk is a much better player than he was two years ago. That, there's that, a, I agree with there's you on a that. There's a lot that I, I just don't see the same optimism. Totally hear the argument. Just what don't see the same optimism. What make the board bet again? Again? No, we already did it Counts once. Counts twice? We already did it once. I we think, think we should put I waiders think, on our board uh, bets Brandon instead. Brandon Ayuk is a much better player than he was. He he has really, you know, talk about winning camps. He's sort of the one who won the training camp yeah. uh, for San Francisco this year. 
But I would argue that Brandon Ayuk being that good forces people to pay more attention to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel will will sting them Ooh, interesting. a few times. Yeah. All right. I got one more that I want to give out, and then we're going to move on. We uh, have Christian Watson on our note. That must be your pick, right? That was Mike's pick, but he's not here, so we're going to move on from that <laughs> one. There's no reason to talk about Christian Watson. Let's talk about Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is the one that is the mm. most intriguing to me, right? Brees Hall coming back from an ACL injury. Yep. You have him now with a sharing time, at least to start the season, with a former top 10 running back that we just talked about, and Dave, Dalvin James Cook. Yep. At least to start the year, we're expecting Brees Hall to have a limited workload, work its way back up into that full playing speed. Stefania, am I talking out of turn or does that feel about right? No, no, no. I think I, I think that's right. I think it, you know, it's interesting because when Dalvin Cook signed, we heard about him coming off shoulder surgery and then also being gone for paternity leave or at least, um, you know, for his baby to yep, be yeah. born. Yep. Uh, and I think the fact that he hasn't been able to get into practice, I, I I think there's a little like, oh, are we going to be able to knock the rust off? It's, I definitely see a work share there, um, but I don't know how much we, – we just don't know how that's going to shake out in the early part of the season. How much will they let Brees Hall do? Yep. But once he starts to get better, if I think I know where you're going with this, I do see this escalation for Brees Hall. I love him in the back half of the season. I think that might start a little bit earlier. Um, but I do think they'll offload him some initially. In case people forgot, last year, Field Yates, he started the first six games of the season as running back eight in fantasy as a rookie. Yeah. The idea here is I know for a fact that Brees Hall still has superstar upside. Yep. I'm not totally sure that Dalvin Cook still has that in his bag. And the Jets, who have no time to waste this year, mm -hmm. if Brees Hall is back to a point where he's capable of playing 65 or 70% of the snaps per game, Maybe that's week five. I don't know. Arbitrarily, I'm just saying week five. Then who's to say that won't be the split for the rest of the season? Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Brees Hall. My general thesis for guys that have league winning upside, go find super freaks. Like yep. what a crazy strategy I'm employing here. Just go find super freaks, talented athletically. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, like uh, when you, I'll say this. If you're going to draft Brees Hall, don't go out and grab someone like, like uh, Alvin Kamara. Right. Not the kind of running back that you want to do roster construction with. Kamara's going to miss the first three weeks of the season. If you're drafting yeah. another running back, you want to make sure that he's there for those potentially lean Brees yeah. Hall weeks to start the, the season. But I think as we get towards the second half of the year, we saw this kid as the future of this backfield. He is far and away seemingly the best running back for the New York Jets. Best. I think he has league winning upside. I think Stefania has league-winning analysis. Oh, look at that. What do you want, Phil? What, what do you no, I, just, I appreciated you agreeing on the Debo Samuel thought. So. That was so okay. fast. What do you want, Phil? What is it? What are you looking for? Sorry. Oh, that's so good. This is a really fun show. Looking at league-winning upside, just, again, everything draft-related is so much fun because the strategy can be basically whatever you want it to be. Just I talking have an idea. about it. Let's do it again tomorrow. You want to? Well, maybe not league winner specifically, but let's do the show again tomorrow. We can do that. Okay. Count me in. I am here. Stefania, we love you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. On behalf of Stefania <laughs> and Phil, well, I don't know. Are you going to be here tomorrow? Or are you not going to be here tomorrow? Sometimes we you get Mike Clay. Not, yeah. You know, you might have to settle. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh. Really I'll be here excited. Thursday. Love this show. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We love you. Please don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned it. We will be back tomorrow with another show. Enjoy your drafts tonight. Rosie's got a draft tonight. Chapin, any, got any drafts coming up? Uh, two. Yeah, she's she's delaying them to like basically the last moment. You know why? Because that? she listens to the podcast field. Uh, she may not anymore, but okay. uh, <laughs> I'll have to ask on that one. Can you at least tell her to download? Yeah, just, yeah, just subscribe. We, got we don't need to, to listen. <laughs>
got a smile that'll melt your heart. She's always there to lend a helping hand. Her fantasy knowledge is just the start. Her skills are highly in demand. She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us. Advice that we really trust. Bay Area lady, always there to help. She's not a cone, she's your favorite gal. She's to find your best. 